This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. Okay, and a great big welcome to everyone to this episode of Make Your Pitch. All of you who have joined us in the past know full well that we're here to introduce you some of the best and the brightest new business uh, ideas and visions there are, and also to make sure that those people are introduced to investors that certainly would have an interest in pursuing that dream with that company. So I want to make sure that everyone joins us every Thursday for this podcast, because every Thursday, it's different. We may have an investor on as well, experts on as well. Today, we certainly have a great advantage. Uh, we're going to talk a little to uh, someone who has developed something totally unique and is already rolling it out. So if you're an investor, you better get on board real fast. So right now, I'm Christopher Knight. And pushing the envelope, I am Ellen J. Harris. Oh, pushing the envelope today. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Ellen, why don't you tell us uh, about our guest on today's episode of Make Your Pitch? Okay, happy to. Our guest today is a thought leader and entrepreneur in the field of human performance and wellness. As a founder of The Zone, Ivan has taken on the mission of improving student athletic well-being through mobile technology and data analytics. He has a master's degree in applied physiology from Columbia University, where he focused on data, well-being, and human performance. He's a former captain of the men's basketball team at Concordia College. He's been involved in athletics for 20 plus years. He is a passionate and helpful gentlemen to younger generations achieving wellness and long-term success. Christopher? Yes, and uh, helpful to everyone else uh, besides that, I am sure. So, Ivan, as our guest, uh, the ball is in your court, as they say. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for reaching out to me and getting this set up. Um, I'll go down a bit of story before I get into the business and how I got into the business for everybody that, you know, doesn't know who I am. Um, I'm a kid born in Yaoundé, Cameroon, a small, small little town, man, a lot of prideful moments back there. So came here when I was seven um, to the Bronx and my parents brought me here. English, well, I spoke only French. Um, they put me in English speaking school and, you know, the only way I learned the English language was the sport of basketball. 
So fast forward into high school. I went to a Hollows High School, a perennial basketball program, um, quickly went through those ranks, and then I was able to attain a, a Division II scholarship at Concordia College. First couple of years was a bit, you know, I was behind a lot of guys, but I was also injured half half of the time. But junior year, you know, coach kind of gave me a bigger role, made me co-captain, and it was time for me to step up. Um, I got hurt early in that preseason, and I never recovered. Um, I had a really tough time, you know, those first three months, you know, I stopped really going to classes, um, started, you know, going down the substance abuse route, you know, I was lost. I didn't have no outlet to really talk to. And I didn't know what my school offered to really kind of help me get through this. And it was a new thing to me being from African origin and then also the inner city. Uh, we don't really talk about, you know, mental health and emotional well-being. So fast forward from that, you know, I was able to kind of go into a there was a pizza store right by our school in Bronxville. And upstairs, I seen the sign where sports psychologist connected to Concordia College. So I walked into the room and I was just like, oh, maybe this person could help me. Walk right out because I was just like, I don't know how to talk about these things that I'm, that I'm struggling with. So the next time that I went to the pizza shop probably was two weeks later, you know, I was in dire need of to talk to somebody. I was going to break down. Um, and I went in and that encounter was very interesting. You know, we sat down and he just made me lay on the table and, and looking in, in a spot for like five minutes and I couldn't sit still. And that was a moment where I knew that I was battling with a lot and he kind of explained that to me. So throughout the duration of our experience, you know, he kind of impacted and really changed the course of my life and my thought processes and how I perceive things. And I realized that man, one, you know, not many kids had gone to see him better yet. It was like four or five people you've seen from the school, but so many student athletes will have these crazy stories and nobody will speak on it, right? So then I didn't know what I could do about it right then and there. Graduated, um, started a youth wellness camp around um, helping young kids with, that struggle with identity crisis and, and how to make sure that athletes going forward, you know, have a, a, a base. So I'll bring in coaches, therapists, nutritionists to these camps and it grew, right? We ended up starting to do fifty to $75,000 in revenue a year at the age of um, 25. So then I, 25, I boldly decided to try to go into Columbia with a low GPA. And, you know, that experience of me walking in there to speak to the Dean to tell her my story was one in the making. And, you know, long and behold, she accepted me into the physiology program. Um, and I started navigating the school. So I got my sports management certificate for a year. Um, I built a ton of relationships. And then I also tried myself at getting, um, um, a small minor and executive MBA didn't happen, but I took three, two courses with Professor Kaplan and Professor Don Weiss. And the first course with Professor Kaplan, he kind of taught me that, you know, I had to think bigger in my mission and the event space. I wasn't really uh, making money, you know, I was cutting even or losing money, but I was already doing things right. And I was being the youngest in the class for me, I was nervous because everybody was pitching these great ideas, but I had already done it. So he kind of took me under his wing for a bit and showed me all the resources and whatnot and how to enter tech. And I got excited. So I started doing the research and me and my buddy, Eric, who's my co-founder and my partner, Eric Podro, he was a baseball player, captain at Concordia also. We started talking and we've seen the numbers, right? 64% of um, students dropping out of college is because of mental health. 9% of students in college, um, only 9% seek help from the school's um, wellness resources and 33% don't believe in what the school offering. So we looked at those numbers and we're like, man, these costing um, some schools nine digits, some schools um, eight digits. And I'm like, okay, these are big numbers. Um, why aren't they kind of going into those wellness situations? Why aren't schools investing in? What's the bridge, right? Schools 
believe that kids wanted these centers, kids were spending all their time on technology. So then we look at the big market, 20 million college students, right? And student athletes is about 500 to 550K, give it a take, um, student athletes in college, um, college sports period. So we decided to create a, 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 a tele-wellness startup around putting wellness coaching in student athletes' pockets first, right? That was the first initial market. Start with student athletes and grow into the school. And we did that early on and tested the model out in an MVP stage starting, I want to say December, you know, with schools such as Stony Brook, Memphis, Lehigh, and NJIT. And what we found back from the user was just like, you know, yes, we do want to create emotional intelligence before we get to utilize these resources because the existing, the existing course of the market is you got talk space, you got headspace, you have all of these resources, but the younger generation don't understand why they need these resources. So we're the conduit to create emotional intelligence through our technology to get them to utilize. So we, we don't um, compete. We can actually partner with a lot of these existing resources, which makes it really exciting for us. So, you know, like I said, we've signed um, long-term deals with one university that, you know, we're soon going to announce and we're also talking to um, a plethora of HBCUs and working on finalized um, partnership. Right now, our price point is at $50 um, per, per seat per year. And our goal is after five years, attain 5 million students. And we're currently raising $1.5 million in the seed round to really adopt product stickiness and get the, build a community around this younger generation and their well-being. So that's the zone in a nutshell. You know, whoever want to join us in making mental wellness more accessible to younger generation, on a ride okay now did uh, did i miss it or did you go down through exactly what you're going to spend the money for uh, ivan okay, I can get down there the spending the money is is 60 of talent right we need currently a lead designer uh vp of engineer and a, a person that lead the sales charge right now my partner's leading it and i we want him to really sit on the operations aspects of it and i sit on more of the financials and the um product development roadmap. So there's a lot of different um, spaces within it, but hiring is one, marketing and branding is a small bunch, technology, because we're currently outsourcing our technology and that transition is gonna happen, but we're still gonna slowly happen within it. Technology is another piece, but the biggest piece is bringing in a team that's gonna be able, that's excited about providing this resources and also gonna be able to help lead us in certain spaces. And uh, how are you structuring uh, your investment? Uh, no, so currently we're raising on a convertible note. Um, we have a $5 million valuation cap with an 8% um, interest rate back on the loan and 20% discount into the Series A round. Okay, very good. Now, let's, uh, let, me, let me back up with this. I, I understand that, uh, that health and wellness, uh, both mental and physical, is important to a student. Uh, uh, college students go through a, a lot. Uh, uh, they're, they're changing anyway. Their, their bodies are changing. Their uh, attitudes are changing. Everything's going on that they haven't experienced before. But why, why do you think the universities want to use something like this? Right. That's a great question. And, and when we talk to athletic directors, they heavily understand that, number one, it's, it's definitely a comfort zone for parents, right? Parents understand the, the necessity for, especially as the generations get younger and mental, mental health. So it's like, what are you doing for my kid throughout these four years that's going to make me secure enough for them to be on your campus to know that you've got them covered? So when you talk to parents, if you, in an orientation, it's like, hey, we have a product like the zone to not only help them, but we also get in the back screen 
big data to manage their well-being and see what's going on. So that's the number one, right? Number two, we, we have a framework. It's called education. I mean, it's called awareness, education, application. And when you look at that framework, we understand what lies under emotional well-being. Academics, performance, and athletic performance is totally tied to how you're doing mentally. With the stat that I told you about um, 64% of kids dropping out, maybe this can help four or five or 25 kids get through graduation versus dropping out, right? Because now they have something to support their mental well-being throughout it. Maybe this can help retain more students from transferring because the culture now becomes a better place where they feel trusted and they feel like, man, my school's doing enough to really guide me through this process. So when we talk to schools, it's definitely being able to improve graduation rates, which improves enrollment, which improves school culture, and then also being able to recruit um, kids into your university, right? So that's from the standpoint of, uh, of a staff member. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Maker Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. So in your contracts, you have the uh, university is going to be the one that actually foots the bill for this, or is it up to the individual student? No, it's a university. It's a university. And, and that was the beginning um, process of our model. Make sure that we can get into a place where we can have access to many students, lower our marketing costs, because, you know, marketing dollars to students, especially competing with social media and stuff, becomes a big place, right? And it's still kind of an early space, but who are the environments that's indebted to a big cohort of people? That's not just um, employers, where everybody goes into employers to sell into wellness programs. And we decided that this is the place where we need to start, especially with the timing that we're in. Okay, I understand what's supposed to happen as far as your your plan on and the effect it will have on the student. Now, if you would uh, walk me through how it works. I've, I've got a phone in my hand and I've got your app on it, but right. why am I going to use it? <laughs> right. So, and, and I kind of explained it to you, right? The students right now, the health and wellness market is looked at 27 minutes um, a week is the time people spend on, spend on health and wellness apps, right? And the retention rate after 30 days is 7.9%, correct? Literally, the last two months, we've achieved 20 to 25% retention rate after 30 days. So for us, we wanted to find out why it's working at a higher pace. And kids were like, it's easy and it's more accessible and it's, it's, it's trust through the privacy. So with the framework of awareness, education, application, we didn't just throw meditation resources to a person that doesn't know why they need to meditate. We didn't just say, hey, this is what you need. We, we drive you to create emotional intelligence. So you go on the app and you're like, okay, um, how do you feel today? Um, let's just say I'm overwhelmed, right? And you don't want to take no action, Christopher, the first day. The second day, it's like, hey, check in. Um, you put in your overwhelmed again. Well, by that time, we already now, through our partnerships with um, Breathe and different content providers, we push up necessary content 
that based on your mood to kind of help you get through whatever you're going through if we see some kind of pattern. And that right there was the awareness piece where younger kids are like, man, you know, I have been saying that I feel like this and I can see this over time. Now I have content that's pushed up to me and they're consuming it because they understand how they feel, right? The future of this is now when you understand how you feel and you're consuming information, we're going to educate you. And that's where the framework awareness education application comes. Now when I understand why I need help some days. What does this mean? Now we're gonna educate you with, with different content where we're partnering with psychologists, functional medicine people to kind of create it, but we're gonna put it in a fun way where it's like, we're gonna take you through that similar flow. So it's like overwhelmed, why are you overwhelmed? Well, maybe it's academics, maybe it's school. I mean, maybe it's personal, maybe it's sports related, right? Well, this is what this means and this is what in-app users are doing. Let's just say you don't wanna uh, um, consume the content then you go to the fourth place. It's like, what do you, these are the different resources, right? Do you want to ping potentially a therapist? Do you want to ping, you know, if, it, if it's academic, academic um, advisor in your school, right? Or do you want to have conversations with, with a friend that's going through the same thing? So we've thought through different cycles and I'm not going to give you all the secret because we don't want people hearing this to, to kind of take it, but <laughs> that's kind of the course load. The framework stays okay. the same. Awareness, education, application. And so they, they, go ahead. The so last, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the last two steps is going to take time, but we're building the features and everything based on the user feedback and that framework, because we did a lot of research to help understand um, the, 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 the experience and, and, and the wellness experience of the younger generation. So as you're talking about being able to ping someone, that means you, you do have some personal contact if you need it. Right. And that it could be anything from your school because schools have these things, but there's no ROI in the usage. How do we improve that and make it more efficient? So the person mm -hmm. in their school is hiring gets efficient ROI where they're like, okay, you know, Christopher is having issues and this is what these issues are. And they, the person, Christopher shared it with me versus Christopher's trying to figure out and have meetings with everybody that's, you know, maybe going through things and str struggling because you only, you can't hire 10 therapists, right? It's going to cost you, depending on the state, your average is like 55,000. So it'll cost you, you know, north of what, 500, and you don't want to really go down that cost, and you don't know what the ROI is going to be. So how about improve technology to help? You know, we're not trying to replace, we're trying to help whoever you've hired too. As they do inputs into the program, does it, does it save the data? Um, uh, and does it build upon the data to build a profile? Um, that's the future sense, right? As we go AI and machine learning, that's why we're here fundraising. The future sense is really to get into, you know, how to how do we create this in a smart way? But we have to be very wise with this. We don't want to just jump into that without knowing what is going on with our actual users. Mm -hmm. We want to actually personally understand it. And then we build the AI and data on it because now it'll become smarter, but it also will be effective to the user. All right. Okay. Ellen, you're right ahead. Thank you. <laughs> um, how long did it take you to develop this app? Um, the thought process or the actual development of the technology? The actual development of the technology. Um, we started in July 2020. Um, so it took us about July, August, September, um, October, November, about five months. Okay. And how long will it take uh, for the completion where it's fully functional and does the things that you describe? To the beginning of the school year. But as you know, it's never done. 
We That's right. Building, but the beginning of the school year, we'll have a lot of these functionality. We're currently building on daily, currently, right? But we want to give enough time to pay attention to the data and the feedback versus continuing okay. stuff at a user because you know the user experience. You're not. It's not something that they're going to go on every minute. It's not social media, right? But as they as we learn them, they give us feedback. We'll iterate and add what the basis and 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 a big boat of students want. Now, as the app develops and the students age and they graduate, will they still have access to the app? It's interesting, right? And that's something that we're currently having conversations on. Our brainstorming process is do we go younger or do we continue with them? And I'm we're starting to get into that middle place, but I think we'll go younger. I think, for instance, we want to get the student from um, fifth grade all the way through college and be able to be fill that space because so many people are filling the space right after, right? And when people fill in the space right after, we don't plan to, 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 to operate in, in, in their space. We want to highlight a niche space, which ends up being huge because, you know, being able to get the community on students and younger students and getting their attention when it comes to health and well-being becomes very important for the, the players that play into the 25 to um, 50 year old range when it comes to health and wellness. And that's what part of our exit strategy as we're thinking it through. Do you think that the graduate of the university and of your program would be um, beneficial to that student who is up and coming and like yourself went through a stage of trying to decide what to do, that kind of thing. Do you think those um, experienced people might be able to be or serve as mentors? Yeah, I think so. I think continuously, as we continue to grow, there's so many different things that could be in play, right? But our thought process right now is being very effective and intent on the service that we're providing right now through our technology and make sure that it's a product that works, right? And to make sure that's a product that's as effective mm -hmm. with the user and then so many different um, things can play on and we can see what makes sense for our growth and for the user and for our plan as a company. Okay. Technically, this is your second year in operation with Correct. this program? Okay. All right. And you and your colleagues are doing forecasting to figure out where the app will develop as well as the program? Right. When you mean forecasting, you mean pricing, you mean, you know, can you elaborate a bit on that question, please? Sure. Um, the I'm thinking that it's going to be specific to your current university. And the forecasting will be, do we open our app to other universities based on the data that we've collected and we found the usefulness, uh, useful life of it for what health and wellness? So are we taking a, a current university's data and implementing it to another university? Well, that's the question. Yeah. The, the data that you collect in your current university, will that just remain with you or will it uh, expand out? Because there's other universities that have programs similar, not exactly like yours, but similar. Right. And it, the data that you find may be of value to them. Right. Have you thought of that? That's true. And it's a very, very compelling point, right? But when we think about the, the, the data, and we get in all an arrogant. We want to segment it first. Um, we've had conversations with different big players in the LMS and education space where we can we can play around and match our data 
and create predictive analysis that becomes a value to universities around well-being and education academics, right? So those are different conversations that we're currently having. But yeah, we'll be able to, uh, on a night day, day basis, you know, with, with the goal of getting 10,000 users by the end of next fiscal year, I mean, this fiscal year, we're looking at it like, okay, you know, we'll be able to say 50% of our users, we know how they felt on a daily basis, right? And that's a lot, right? That's a big compelling point. And and what does that mean? You know, what does that mean around finals week? What does that mean around um, NCAA tournament week? What does that mean around incoming to school, break time? What does that mean, right? And, and how do we help universities kind of paint this picture for their student cohort to improve the ed education life cycle of a student over four years? Okay, good. Now you've had, uh, you've had quite a growth here recently. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Q1 was, was a spectacular Q1 for us, right? We, you think about it, we had 808% growth in um, users. Um, we've also been able to knock our sales cycle down from 16 weeks to eight weeks. Um, our biggest findings was 76% of our in-app users want more mindfulness. And that was interesting, right? Because people think the latter is just, I think that these students are totally understanding like, you know, this, this has an impact on who they are as people, who they become as parents, as um, cousins, husbands, wives, and whatnot. So it's, it's, it's for us, you know, we had a great Q1 and understanding. And we also got some big deals, like I said earlier, that, you know, we're finalizing and we can't wait to announce with um, different potential outlets. Fantastic. And then you see then uh, probably in the next 12 months, what kind of revenue are you looking at in the next 12 months? Um, next 12 months, our, our goal is anywhere from 250000 to 500000 um, in revenue from the school. So that's what we're hypothesizing based on the current traction and sales cycles that we're seeing. Um, so, yeah. What do you, what do you think your uh, re recurring is going to be as far as the university signing up year after year? We're signing long-term deals with these universities. They understand once again, how we're going about talking to them is this has to work over a four year cycle, right? Yes. Okay. We're putting this with your juniors, with your seniors. That's nice. And they deserve wellness too. But the incoming freshman that's coming in, this is the first thing that they will see that, that you're committing to. So now let's grade our measurement scale over four years and look at your current numbers and see how we, we helped improve those current numbers, whether it's enrollment rate, retention rate, um, academic rate, and so forth. Mm -hmm. that, that's a very smart way to handle your contractual arrangements. And you said $50 per seat. That's, uh, I guess, per student, whatever the case might be. Yes, that's, that's the current price of year one, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, very good. Uh, Ellen, do you have any final questions before we close uh, this episode of Make Your Pitch? No, I'm good for today. Thank okay. you, Ivan. You've been very informative. Uh, no, thank you. Ivan, uh, I, I, Ivan I, really, I really do like what you... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to ask you, before we close out, any final words you'd like to say, you know, from your heart or to the investor or whatever uh, is on your mind? No, it's, it's, it's my message to the parents. Um, you know, when we're building out this product, we understand that, you know, I've heard so many parents talk about, you know, I never understand when my child is depressed. I never understand when my child's going through X, right? But I hear so many stories about them, um, um, you know, seeing therapists and I never know about or talking to friends about this. And, they're worried, right? Because parents do their do their best to, to provide and, and whatnot for the kids. But we're just in a new time where kids are facing and in front of so much digital information. 
kids are, are seeing so many things. They're being impacted by the social injustice and racism that's now. They're being impacted by, you know, different political aspects. They're being impacted by, you know, online bullying and whatnot, right? And a lot of people tend, tend to channel their energy and call the generation soft or this and not understanding. So we want to tell the parents, you know, we have you in mind um, with this platform. Mm -hmm. We're definitely trying to improve the life cycle and, and, and decrease the, the, the potential suicides and make sure that schools are responsible and held accountable for the well-being of your kids. So parents, you know, we really um, want you to understand that this product is, is with your help, it's with the students um, in mind fully. And yeah, that's, that's my message, you know. Outstanding. And uh, so well said too, Ivan. You you really have a grasp on this because of your history and your experience and your education. I, I am extremely impressed with what you're building up there. Uh, as we close out this episode of Make Your Pitch, we always like to say, grab attention and make your pitch. Make your pitch. I'll see you on the next episode of Make Your Pitch. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, Go smash the subscription button, and if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.